Good evening, my friends. Good evening to another edition of Corbett Report Radio right here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, James Corbett, and you can find me at CorbettReport.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T Report.com. So good evening to you, one and all, and thank you for joining us once again on the broadcast. And what a broadcast we have lined up for you tonight. We see so many things going on in the world these days. We see a growing protest movement that manifests itself not just in the Occupy movement, but in all forms of resistance. We see many things coming to a head politically on the world stage, on the national stage, and on the local stage. We see so many a confluence of so many things going on in the world right now that perhaps there's a different way to approach all of this that we see going on. Perhaps there's a meta level on which we can actually approach and understand these issues. So tonight we're going to be talking about the concept of consciousness. What is consciousness and where does it come from? How does it affect us in our day-to-day lives? How can we be politically controlled or freed by our understanding of consciousness and what it is? And really, if the elites know how to puppeteer us and to create a mass consciousness and can they then shape the zeitgeist and control our movements control our our protests control our ability to resist well i think you'll agree that that's a very fascinating topic and one that we're going to be getting into tonight with our special guest mark russell and we will be getting more into that in a moment but before we do <clears throat> just allow me uh, just a moment to introduce CorbettReport.com a little in a little bit more detail for those out there who don't know. I would just like to, to let everyone out there know that, of course, I am an independent media journalist. I have been doing this on the Internet for four and a half years now, and now I am blessed enough because of the support of listeners out there to actually be able to do this as my full-time occupation. So I once again would like to wholeheartedly thank everyone out there for their support in allowing me to do that. And I wanted to let people out there who haven't really checked into CorbettReport.com yet know that not only do I have this radio show, but of course I also have podcasts and interviews and articles that I've written and videos that span back over the course of that four and a half years now. And it's becoming quite a voluminous archive of material. And it's becoming, uh, I think, quite a quite a handy archive in a lot of ways. Even myself, I find that uh, I have so many documents referenced and linked uh, from the site through my documentation links, that uh, sometimes when I forget about uh, a story or I don't remember where where a certain story was located on the web, I even use my own website to help locate it. Because one of the things that I take pride in doing is providing links to all of the information in all of the podcasts and all of the videos and all of the radio broadcasts that I do. I always try to provide links so that people can go back to the source material. Because for me, primary documentation is really important. Personally, as someone who likes to try to research these things for myself, I find it frustrating sometimes when I'm listening to something that's really interesting or, or somebody's mentioning an article that sounds fascinating, but they don't provide a link or I don't, I don't have easy access to it. So that was something that really motivated me when I was setting up CorbettReport.com was the, uh, the absolute need to have a thorough documentation list. So, for example, in my podcast episodes, uh, ever since the very first one way back in June of 2007, Every time I reference an article or whatever in my podcast, I will put in the link to that document and even a link to the what time index it, that uh, I mentioned that at. So it's quite a voluminous archive of material, as I say. 
And as I'm sure the radio listeners out there know, CorbettReport.com slash radio now also contains, of course, all of the articles and everything that's linked um, for each particular broadcast. So I hope people are checking into CorbettReport.com and using it as the resource it is. But on that note, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Mark Russell about the subject of consciousness. Back to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com. And tonight we have quite an interesting conversation lined up for you. Of course, I'm coming from to you all the way from the shores of Western Japan, as I'm sure the regular listeners out there know by now. And if you're listening to me live on the radio right now at 1140 KHFX, you're obviously in Texas. But uh, tonight we're joined on the line from, by someone all the way from Argentina. Tonight we're talking to Mark Russell who is a, uh, a professor of signals processing in Argentina, and he has an MSc in, in signal processing at the University of Michigan. And uh, he's currently in Buenos Aires and joining us all the way from there this evening. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight. It's great to have you on the program. Well, thank you for the invitation, and uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sure it's going to be very interesting ride today, tonight at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, I certainly, yeah. I certainly think so. Well, we've got quite a big, uh, tall order of business to, to take on here. But first, let's let's hear a little bit about yourself and what what made you interested in this co- concept and topic of consciousness. Well, I don't want to bore you, people, but uh, I'll just be try to be brief. Uh, basically, I'm here because I was in the markets. And uh, I, I actually started like learning about what the world works like, how does it work. I started in 2006. I left in 2007. And uh, my experience was it's really crazy. And uh, I was fortunate to leave the markets in November 2007. And that actually, that was very interesting because I, I, I had all these questions like, how does it work? Where does it come from? Where are we headed? What is all this about? I mean, like life and everything and uh, i started researching and researching and well you know one thing gets to the next and to the next and here we are talking about this well i certainly do know how that works because everything really does sort of flow into the next thing and and everything really is this related system that's why i have such a hard time i think differentiating a lot of the topics that i talk about even though they're they're quite diverse in a lot of ways but i think they're so interconnected and of course, one of the the main topics that kind of blankets everything is the concept of of consciousness. But um, but I, I understand that given your background, perhaps you don't have the the, the normal regular take on this. It's not a, a lofty philosophical issue so much as a very practical issue. But perhaps you can tell us a little bit about your own take on what consciousness is. Well, in in regard to your question, absolutely. I I I all I I must say I have my my philosophical ideas, but. Today, tonight, I'm sorry, today, tonight I want to, to just talk about what is important to you, to you who are re- listening to this broadcast. And so the first question is, what is, what is consciousness actually? And there's a very, very simple explanation to that, and that is, that is just the relationship of the mind to the physical world. So it sounds very easy, but it's not. So I don't know, what do you think about this? The relationship of the mind to the physical world. Well, it's... That's cr- yeah. 
I guess that's a question for the ages and probably for, for more intelligent people than I, but, uh, but it <laughs> strikes me that, that there must be some, uh, well, there are so many different ways to address this, but there must be some way to, to, to differentiate mind from the world, but I'm not sure how that could be done because I don't see any way at arriving at an understanding of objective reality that, that doesn't, that isn't processed through our minds and therefore subject to the subjectivity that we're all unfortunately beholden to. Well, uh, actually, I agree with you, and I'm also not that smart. So, I, I mean, I've, I've read a little bit about this, and uh, Plato wrote about it, and many people wrote about this, Descartes wrote about it. But what I want, I want to talk about is very simple, actually. Like, how do you see the world? How do you, wh- like, why do you do what you do? Like, what is your driving force? Like, why do you do things? Uh, and what is, like, what is the meaning in the things you see in, in the real world? That's That's, like, the the main issue here, because um, you want to know, like, um, like why you're doing the things you're doing, and uh, are you accepting the things that are put in your path? Do you accept them? Do you not accept them? That's, that is consciousness. You know, like, seeing this and understanding this and saying, oh, no, I, am I going to accept this? Am I not going to accept this? Is this what I want? Is this what other people want? I don't know if you, you get my point. Right, so the ability to to step back and take an objective look at the things and take a second look at things is what differentiates us from from basically the animal kingdom that we have that that space between input and and response. Well, actually, I don't want to sound uh, how do you say this? I, I can't find the right word, but there is some research, and they there are people who say that animals even have consciousness, but at, at a lower level. But I don't want to talk about this tonight because it's I don't think that's important. But basically, it's it's like asking yourself, why am I doing uh, what I'm doing according to what I'm living? Why am I why am I why am I here? What, what for example, your your case? This is a very interesting. I, I'm, I'm sure it's a very interesting story. Like, uh, I, I if I'm not mistaken, you 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 used to teach English in Japan. And please correct me if I'm I got no. That's exactly wrong. right. Yes. Okay. And now you have a radio program, which is on a, on, a, on, a, on a big network, and you are doing important things. And why, why are you doing this? So if I may ask you. No problem, that's absolutely. Yeah. Well, as, I, as I, I think I tried to articulate in my first ever broadcast here on RBN, I think something that motivates me personally in all of this is, is a sense of outrage at the, uh, at the kind of cartoonish nature of the information that we're being fed on, by the mainstream media on a daily basis. And I think it was just, at a certain point, the outrage becomes so much that, that instead of just looking helplessly at the problem of the media, I decided that I had to be part of that solution. And I think that's really what motivates me to continue going, because I can see through the uh, the cartoon-level propaganda that they're putting out at us, and um, and I just want to do what I can to help spread that awareness to others. Well, that's exactly what I... What, what put me in this place, in this position right now, where I'm talking to you on uh, on the radio, and and I, I just want to get a word out that is actually very positive. That is that has to do with what you gain this consciousness. You you just realize that your relationship to re- reality, and I don't want to sound philosophical. Unfortunately, I can't help myself with going through this tiny step. We have to go through this step. I'm sorry, but. Your your connection to reality got stronger because you just wait a second. It's not about like uh, seeing movies or or uh, like accepting. Oh yeah, we have to head move. Uh, how do you say this in English? Uh, lower our heads because we have to accept, and uh, you have to do this and you have to. Do right, that just shut up and, and take it. Whatever they put at us. 
Yeah, right. But so many people are like in a, I don't, I don't like that word, like a zombie state, like saying, okay, uh, it's like, ah, oh, I'm fine, I'm okay, I don't care, it's not important, and um, it, I, I, I'm in no position to to tell them what they have to do. That's that's a very important point. It was a second a second idea that I want to mention. Well, because I I honestly I don't sorry, have to prove that? You as you mentioned in your. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, one important thing you have to uh, and a second idea that is very important is free will. Okay, you got that? Yes, okay. Okay. And uh, so if you have free will, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to disagree with me and are going to agree with me, let's suppose there is free will. I, I believe that. Like, you have a choice. You know what you want to do. You, you, have, you get to, to choose. You, you get to really see, elect what you want to do in life. And so many people are, like, stuck in, I have to do this and... Uh, why are you accepting, for example, the stock market? Why are you accepting the kind of of life you're you're like uh, put below your feet? I don't know if if you get my point. Right, right. Why do people accept things as they are instead of try to change them for what they want? That's right. And why do they don't? Why do, why don't they do this? Well, I believe it's because they don't see it. So, so are you saying that that their their consciousness isn't fully realized, or that they've been shunted into a certain form of consciousness that makes them accept what they see? Uh, you could call it dream world. It's a little bit... I, I didn't want to touch that world, actually, but uh, it's, 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 like, it's like not seeing reality as it really is. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Well, okay, I, I certainly think... Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what I, I am trying to combat with the work that I do, and I think that's something that I think we can all relate to. Certainly people who have tried to spread information on, on a polit sensitive political topics uh, have encountered people who just will not even accept the, uh, the information. It just goes in one ear and out the other, because the, uh, it, it's uh, the cognitive dissonance, the disparity between their worldview and what the information they're being presented with, it just it does not affect them. Well, uh, I, 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 there is there is an idea which I like very much, which is like, like for example, when you're a very small baby, when you just grew up, uh, you need guidance. Uh, I guess you you agree with that, right? You need guidance, you need nurturing, you need like somebody who aids you, who protects you, and who tells you what to do and where to go. Uh, I think that's that's pretty natural. Of course, and, yes. Yeah, and now the issue is, uh, doesn't this ring a bell? Like, doesn't this sound like something else? Like. Uh, like what your what most people are put in their paths. Like when you when you grow up, you realize, wait a second, why am I doing this? Why am, why is this happening? Now imagine you would you can do this like to a population or to a larger mass of people, and then there's those people who say, wait a moment, why am I doing this? You're you're like growing up. Okay? Right. In fact, that's that touches on an analogy that I was using on the broadcast last night when we were talking about liberty, and I said it's time for us as a as a society, as a civilization, even as a species, to to grow up and act like adults and take responsibility for our own lives instead of basically allowing the the nanny state to become our mother or our father and tell us what to do. And I think that's unfortunately the way that a lot of people do see the the government as as just this parental figure that will sort out all the disputes and, and tell us what to do and wh when to do it and how to do it. But uh, but for people who have woken up and outgrew that political consciousness, I think we've grown up to the point where we're now responsible adults. That's right. I agree with that. And there's one, one more idea which I would like to add, which is we agree on reality. It's not like reality is this and that. 
like I see something blue and we agree this is blue. Of course, this is a very simple example. But we agree on what is accepted. We agree on what is not accepted. So, all right. Well, let's let's yeah. hold it on that thought for now, and we'll take a few minutes to regroup our thoughts. But we'll come right back talking with Mark Russell tonight, of course, about consciousness. And if you want to get in on tonight's conversation, it's one eight hundred three one three nine four four three one eight hundred three one three nine four four three. And we'll be right back right after this. Carter says yes, friends, and here we are on Corbett Report Radio, and we're talking tonight to Mark Russell, and we're talking about the subject of consciousness, and it's a, it's an extremely fascinating conversation for myself. I, I must confess, in fact, I was a philosophy minor in, in university back in my, my uh, post-secondary education days, so I'll try to refrain from becoming too philosophical in tonight's conversation, even though <laughs> this topic can quickly devolve into that type of conversation. And just before the break, we were talking about the, the concept that, that there is a, a physical world outside that exists, an objective reality that exists outside of us, and we can both, uh, both of us can see and, and understand, for example, that a blue object is blue. And um, I, I guess taking... It's exceptional circumstances like colorblindness out of the equation, but again, that's just kind of the <laughs> philosophical type of arguments that come up. But may, but I may, want to... may I? I'm sorry to interrupt. I was thinking about the same thing about colorblindness. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Great minds think alike. Yeah. And uh, uh, I well, don't know. Well, <laughs> well at any rate, uh, 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 here's another thing that again can be kind of silly, but I, I think it needs to be said by someone is that. Of course, there. I'm perfectly willing to accept there is an objective reality and it exists outside of us, and we can doubt that. But I think, again, doubting uh, the the existence of objective reality outside of ourselves is really just one of those philosophical conversations that people do for fun. I don't think it has any practical significance. And but, I want to refrain from that, please. <laughs> well, me too. Me too. I, I don't think that's particularly productive conversation for a conversation like this. But, but. Uh, when we talk about even something as simple as, oh, that object is blue, that object is red, uh, still I think there is an underlying perception that we have of uh, of things like even colors, like blue and red, can be so uh, fraught with meaning in different political contexts, in different cultures, in different societies, that, for example, uh, something I find interesting in, in Canada, at any rate, where I'm from, um, blue is equated with the right side of the political spectrum, the conservative side, and red is the liberal side. The, uh, but as I understand it, the United States is it's exactly the opposite. The reds are the, the red states are the, uh, the, the Republicans and the blue states are the Democrats, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, uh, to me, it's interesting. It's exactly opposite. So when I see blue or when I see red, I think my political connotations and, and associations with those colors must be exactly the opposite to what Americans see. And I, I find things like that somewhat interesting, if not particularly uh, informative. Well, in Germany, you have four colors, <laughs> so that's even more complicated. <laughs> yeah, but the issue is, like, what, what meaning do you put to, to those things? Well, these, these are very simple things, but, for example, when you're told we are going to bomb Syria, that's, that's a question, like, how do people react? Do they accept that? Do they not accept that? So there comes the second question, like, why do people accept this, these things? And I think there is one simple, easy answer, and that's fear. 
So I'm, I'm open to hear your opinion. So fear shapes our understanding of, of events, or sh fear actually informs our understanding of events? Uh, fear is a force which controls you, which binds you, which makes you n not want to go. For example, why, why, don't, why, do, do, why are there no more, no more I, I'm sorry, uh, why is there no more people, why, I, I'll just go again, I'm really sorry. My English is not in, in the best shape. Why are there so few people who, who just uh, talk about these these things? Why why is is this the why is this like um, this like you you know what I'm trying to say? I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I can't find the right words. Yeah, no, I I do understand. Yeah. So so you're asking yeah. why why do people um why are people content to to talk and and have conversations about this, but not to actually do something to actually affect change? That's what I mean, and I I, I think there is a relationship to fear and. You're like, oh, he's the wacko, and oh, oh my God, he's so ridiculous, and then uh, oh, he's he's, you know what I mean, like, mm. like putting right. labels, Rid ridicule. Putting people say, say ridicule. putting people down. Yeah. That's that's like the first step, and then oh no, he's so crazy, and uh, he thinks uh, there's going to be a worldwide collapse. That's my case because I've been thinking that for three or four years, and now people take me a little bit more serious. But uh, well, that's very interesting, actually, like how this perception changes. Well, I've noticed that certainly in my own understanding of the world, um, certainly before the time that I was getting into these, the alternative media and alternative ways of looking at the world, I, I, I think of that now from my perspective now is this time when I was kind of living in a bubble and not really connected to reality. And now that I, I see through the propaganda and I'm looking at the stories behind the, the headlines, it, it really strikes me that I'm seeing, I'm seeing sort of a different reality that's been there all along. And the world makes more sense to me now than it did before when I was looking at it through the, the controlled political paradigm. But uh, it's, it makes it difficult to communicate with people who don't see the world in the same way. That's right. And I don't think that is just chance. <laughs> but there is one thing. Well, thank you for talking about the bubble because I, I liked that what you said because I, I felt so much... Like, uh, I, I identified with that. And there, there's one, there's even more things. Like, for example, there's so many people, I'm, I'm going to say some words and you will start feeling emotions for it. I'm, I'm sure about this. For example, helplessness, limitation, loneliness. What do you think? Um, in terms is, of emotional I response, I mean, I, yeah, I feel that's right. It, yeah. Great. I mean, it's, uh, it's an, I don't know how to describe the emotional state, but obviously it, it sounds uh, depressing, sad. It sounds depressing, yeah. it sounds sad, but how many people feel helpless, limited, lonely? I, I, I hope you... Of course, that depends. Uh, where, where, I mean, you have many cultures in this world, and for example, here in Argentina, we have a certain kind of culture. In the U.S., culture is different, depends on where you are, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's different, but I mean... It's like a sad, a complete sad state of the world. Like so many people are just like I think, like helpless, limited, loneliness, like sad. Okay, hold it right there. We'll be right back. President Jimmy Carter. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com, and you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on this uh, Tuesday evening. 
And I would like to once again let everyone know that uh, tonight's conversation about consciousness with our guest, Mark Russell, is open for your calls. If you're interested in getting in on the conversation, it's 1-800-313-9443. Returning to Mark, uh, just before the break, we were talking about fear and some of the factors that can limit people's ability to act in this ever-changing, turbulent political world of ours. So, so Mark, I, I, I certainly understand. I certainly agree with the part, point that... Uh, that Fear is certainly a limiting factor for so many of us, uh, all of us, really, in some degree or other. It's just a question of, of being able to overcome that. But on the other hand, we've seen, as I said in the opening to tonight, we have, we've seen so many movements towards liberation in different ways and, and trying to, uh, to fight back against the system, whether that be the, or the Occupy movement or the Tea Party movement or all of these various movements that are cropping up in recent years. So what does this say about where we are as a culture or as a society right now in this current political context. Oh, wait, wait a moment. Let me think about this. I, I just want to t- talk about something very personal, which is, uh, I, I don't know how to say this, like a desire for like the alternative information uh, sources, which is there is so much talk about fear, even in the alternative media. And uh, you are, for example, I, I don't know if I'm permitted to, to mention other radio programs uh, I don't know either. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, okay. I, I guess you know some a show which starts with Alex. So <laughs> there is a very <laughs> yes, famous show know. by him. Okay, and for example, okay, he he was one of the first who I started listening, and uh, and he was so depressing. I mean, it was like the world is going to end, and he, of course he's right. I mean, he helped a lot of people, and he he helped me see things, but it's. Um, wait a moment, why is it all like doom and gloom? What's the point? What's the point in like negativity? Like you're not contributing anything positive. So that, that's like my message. Like, wait a moment, it's not so bad. That's why they started realizing this year. You have a lot of power. That is, that is very interesting. You have a lot of power. And individuals uh, have power to take it on. Individuals on have themselves. a lot yeah. of power. You have a lot of power. Well, you're on the radio now. But <laughs> I mean, well, you we see, it's interesting. A- it's yeah. interesting that you would bring that up because that, that yeah. certain radio host on that other yeah. network was in fact the reason that I started doing what I'm doing at all because what I took out of his message was that we do have personal power to actually start doing what we, what we ha- want to do and to take the power into our own hands. And it was that message that actually motivated me to start doing this. Absolutely. But in my case, it was just this here because uh, it was like, you know, the economic collapse. Well, I don't think... It's going to be the other way. It's going to be like a flowery because this is not sustainable. The world system is not sustainable. But I do think there is so much hope. There is so much that can be achieved. It's just a matter of saying, I don't accept this. I am not going to go with this. I'm not going, why am I accepting this? Why am I just uh, looking at it and saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. And now it's not very easy. I mean, it's, it's something that we all have to go through. We all have to like, uh, I don't know, like uh, like going through a process of of digesting, of of processing all all this information, and and it's not easy. So so in my case, it's been like a little bit depressive for some for some time, and now I'm just I'm, I'm just you know, like for example, you have a field, and you know there's like little little sprouts, and you just see one little little like tiny. Um, green dot spot and you know there's going to be a huge field with a lot of things so I, I that, that, that's the way I see things now so mm. I, I don't know if well if I, I, yeah. I, I do understand that and, and I think that's a, 
at least a, a phase that I think everyone who's encountering this information has to go through once they get to, once that bubble that they've been living in gets popped. I think we all have that moment of of panic and and desolation, desperation, depending on on sort of what aspect we're we're focusing on. And certainly, I had to go through that myself when starting to encounter this information and realizing that everything I'd ever been told was basically a lie. I mean, it's quite an overwhelming thing, and it can have that very depressive effect on us. But uh, but I, I think to a certain extent, doesn't it? Isn't it sort of our own consciousness, whatever we already have, kind of shapes our character into the way that we'll deal with this information? Well, I guess it's about learning. My current point of view, like life, is about learning. It's about experiencing. It's about experimenting and testing. So, uh, yeah, it's very positive. It's nice. I mean, it's not like you have this path, you have to go, and that's it. And that will remind me of these words I just mentioned in the previous blog, helplessness, limitation, loneliness. Doesn't it uh, ring a bell? Like... People have to go through this because you're helpless. I'm, oh, this is going to co- to conquer the world and I can't do anything. Wrong. You're wrong. Second, you're limited. You can't do anything. That's completely wrong. You, look at us. Third, you're not lonely. There's a lot of people. I've, I've, I've come to know some people and, and it's really not that, not that way. So uh, don't, trust, <laughs> don't trust these people who just say it's all going to, we are all going to die and we are all going to be enchained. That's not going to happen. Why? Because I don't accept it. Well, exactly. I think it is a decision that we have to make for ourselves every day. And and something that has always struck me about the whole debate about whether we're, you know, being enslaved by a police state kind of thing, to me, that that's almost a moot point, because I think it's it's actually, it is a question of consciousness, and that if we do understand understand ourselves to be free people, free free will, free acting agents, then, then nothing can ever take that away. I mean, they can physically imprison you, but if you are free in your consciousness, in your soul, in your mind, in your convictions, then you are a free person, and I don't think that can ever be taken away by any outside authority. Exactly, I agree, exactly. But there is one thing that comes with consciousness, which is responsibility. Now, like when you're a small child and you grow up, you're not, you're not, well, there are some, some special cases, but usually small kids are not quite responsible. I don't know if you, what, what do you think about this, but when you grow up, you become more responsible. So just imagine you have all this power, all this, you can do this and that, and you can change things, and I don't like this, let's change it. I don't, I, I don't know what's, what's going to happen, but I, I know this is what I have to do, but there comes responsibility. I mean, if you're evil, if you have, like bad intentions, you want to steal someone, you want to rob someone, and, and it's going to be like anarchy. I don't agree with that. Yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah I agree as well. I, I think that uh, that we have to be responsible for our actions, and when we become adults and start taking on our own decisions, obviously we have to take on the responsibility for facing the consequences of those decisions. Absolutely. So that's, a, that's an important message. Like, you once you, like, wake up, that's the word, wake up, you just have all this power and you say, oh, this is so nice. Like, I can do all these things and I can do my, what my, what my dreams are. Like, I can do, I, I don't have to work here. I don't have to pay my debt. I, I just do what I love to do and I just do it and I do it very good. And that's, that's what's going to happen. Now, uh, the, um, the sprouts that I see are like, you know, the Occupy Wall Street movements. I, I see some sprouts there. Like, something is happening in, at that sense. The Indignados from Spain. The well, I don't, I don't know. You, you must have heard about the pirate party. The pirate party? Yeah, the pirate party. That's a political mm, yes. party that started in Sweden, and that's very interesting because just 
I think it was last Friday. Uh, I don't know if you read about this, but there was um, an, a piece of news, and uh, they just found child pornography on the web server of the pirate party. Oh, what, co what a coincidence. And I just don't believe uh, it. Yeah, well, yeah. I hadn't heard that, that development. But for people who don't know about the pirate party, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think you know more about the Pirate Party than me, but I'll, I'll just try to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite sure because I, I don't have so much time. I mean, I like to read, but I honestly, I, I, I mean, you have, I, I think since it's your like main occupation right now, and I know it's what you love to do, I, I think you, you would be more, most appropriate for, for introducing a little bit about the, Party, but well, well, my understanding yeah. is, is limited, but I understand that it, it came from uh, the Pirate Bay, the uh, the torrent uh, site that was that was facing legal problems in Sweden, and they've started their own their own little party, and uh, it's actually becoming quite a political force in Sweden in in, in its own little way, um, and they're forming an international pirate party movement. But I haven't seen much development of that yet. Yeah. Well, they, they've been attacked, you know, and uh, I, I honestly, what I rescue about the, these people is not the, the fact that they support open source or piracy, whatever it is, it's the fact that I don't accept. And that's interesting. Like, for example, the indignados from Spain, they don't accept. I'm not going to accept this. No, no, no. The Occupy Wall Street, no, I don't accept this. What do they do? What is their political message? Is there anyone? No. Well, right. I mean, I think it's important yeah. for people out there to understand that so much of politics really is a decision that we make each and every day, and uh, and ultimately, when when we as as a, a community really make that decision and flip over into that new consciousness, then the the political elite or whatever they want to call themselves actually have to respond to that in some way. I mean, they can't just continue to rule. And we've seen that, for example, we've seen that in the Arab Spring happening, you know, obviously in, in that part of the world. And we know that there's been a lot of shenanigans and, and manipulation of that, but it still goes to show the point that once you reach a critical mass of people out on the streets, that uh, that even, you know, puppet dictators like Mubarak can't, can't actually continue to hold on to their iron grip over a country, I mean, there's a point at which the, the political awakening becomes a critical mass. But on that note, let's uh, let's go to a call. I understand we have a call on the line from my hometown of Calgary from RAF. So, uh, RAF, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, hey, I was just calling about um, uh, the comment um, uh, your, your caller there is making about um, Alex Jones and the depressing nature of the whole thing when you uh, become aware. Um First of all, too, uh, hour ain't long enough. You should probably get a longer show. And second of all, um, yeah, I was I felt the same way when I woke up. Um, Alex Jones was probably one of the. It was first. It was Loose Change. I watched Loose Change, and then uh, listening to Alex Jones. And yeah, it is a little depressing and all that. But I think for people that uh, don't quite drink all the Kool Aid, I think for most of them, you know, you can take what you want from Alex Jones, and you can, you know. Uh, listen to it. Unfortunately, he's kind of the only guy to listen to sometimes, so it's it's good to have uh, you on, James, where, you know, and that's why I say an hour just ain't long enough. Well, thank you for that. I do appreciate that. And and I think ultimately it is it is what we make of it. Um, and I think a lot of times radio shows tend to read the uh, or p read the person rather than the person reading the, the show, if you know what I'm saying. And I think we take into it a lot of our own baggage. So I think it really depends where we're coming from on our, our own personal level as well. But, Mark, what do you have to say to that? Well, uh, you have free will. I mean, you you have a choice. You can... Uh, 
like decide what is important for you, what is not important. I, I just wanted to say a little thing. Well, thank you for that comment. And I'm not denouncing Alex Jones. I'm not saying, oh my God, he should be banned. No. Come on, listen, I, I thank him very much. And, uh, but I just want to, to, to tell people who are just maybe there, just don't be so like depressed. Just look bright at the day and, and, and look that you, you, you're important. You're important in this world and you can change things. That's, that's yeah, just I, my message. Yeah, I think the main thing though is, uh, trying to figure out how do we do it? How do we all do it? And, uh, sooner that that happens, the better. Hey, Rolf, uh, you were on, um, I think, last week talking about the uh, the Occupy Calgary that was going on in the elections. Um, so what's what's the latest on that? Uh, you know what? I pretty sh- I'm not really sure. Like, there's not much on it about the, on the news, but I'll tell you one thing I am noticing. We get global news here, and uh, when it comes to Ron Paul, there was a thing on today, and, and lately since our news has taken over, you sure notice that it's all Americanized. Mm-hmm. And um, they had uh, a thing on about the Democrats and the Republicans, and they went through them all, Newt Gingrich and all these guys and all their baggage. And there was a picture of Ron Paul, but they never spoke about him or even mentioned his name, that he was even in it. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Quite, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and he, you know, and it's just like, what is it that he's saying that's so scary? You know, what is it that you don't want anyone to hear, especially up here where we can be isolated quite easily and most, most Canadians are quite asleep, I think. You mean America doesn't need to have troops all around the world acting as the world's policemen? Wow, we can't even <laughs> let him join the debate, let alone uh, actually mention his name. Yeah. No, unfortunately, uh, that is uh, sad to see, especially in Canada, which has, uh, I mean, it's ne- never been perfect, but I think usually had better media at any rate than the, the American counterparts. But, but I haven't been there for several years now, so I don't know how far it's devolved. I'm guessing well, it's pretty far. Know. Well, it's getting there, and most people don't see it. And, I mean, we used to be able to wear our flag on our backpacks and things like that. Nowadays, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't Not know what so people proudly, think of it think. around the world yeah. anymore. Yeah, I understand. Well, Raf, thank you for the call, and thank you for coming in tonight. Um, yeah. It's important to get that, that perspective. So we've got perspectives from three different um, countries right now. We've got uh, myself in Japan, and we've got uh, a caller from Canada, and we've got uh, someone on the line from Argentina. So if any Americans want to get in, there's a, still a bit of time <laughs> before the end of the show, but at any rate. Um, but similar things coming from so many so many vastly different people all around the globe at this point. And, uh, and it is interesting to me the way that these kinds of global... I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say global movements, but global. Um, uh, I think that's coincidences the right word. in consciousness. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't get the last the last word you said. Uh, I, I kind of a coincidence in consciousness. I want to say, or, or maybe not coincidence. Maybe there is something to it. But but I think there are so many people all around the globe that are reaching some sort of point at which they're starting to throw off the shackles, and I think that's interesting that it's all coming together at this point. Uh, there is a word, and I can uh, synchronicity. I've heard that word, but uh, yeah, coincidence. That's true. Actually, I agree with that because I know some. For example, I have a fr- uh, French. She's in Thailand now, which is yet another country. And for example, she used to live in the U.S. and now it's been like four months, uh, four weeks, and uh, uh, she's 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 very awake, and that's that's very very happy to to know. And uh, then there is, I, I know, I know really a lot of people now so, who are like, like saying, I've had enough of this. I'm tired of this. I'm just going to, like, I'm not going to go with it anymore. And I, I'm not going to be uh, mad at it. That's very important. You don't want to have violence. I don't agree with that, actually. You want, you, you just ignore it. I mean, what, what's the worst that can happen if you ignore something? They're going to 
put you in jail, whatever. I don't care. I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not going to accept it. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I think to a certain extent, we there is a way in which we tend to attract the situations that were that were focused on in the way that if you're driving down the road and you see a pothole and you you look at the pothole you're going to steer right into it but if you if you ignore it you're going to steer around it and i think people who are looking for that kind of confrontation they think there's going to be some dramatic battle with the police or that type of thing i think they tend to attract that and and i've noticed that that people who are fixated and focused on that will eventually get involved in that type of situation whereas people who are not looking for that not thinking about that don't tend to get involved in those situations so i don't know if there's something cosmic to that but i think it might just be a, a question of uh, of sort of our attention and what we're focusing our attention on is what uh, what becomes our reality so just one one thing about what you said uh, i think actually that's what's expected it's expected for people to be violent so the, I, I honestly for for example the situation here in argentina is is really bad. For example, uh, we are in, you know what happened here in 2001? I wasn't here when this happened. I was just here a few days and we had this collapse and, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Well, let's, let's come back on that because that's an extremely important point actually for, especially for people from Argentina. So I'd like to hear more about that. So, so let's come back right after these messages and we'll continue talking about Argentina and the collapse in 2001. All right, friends, welcome back to the final minutes of Corbett Report Radio. I am James Corbett, and we are rocking in the free world right here on Republic Broadcasting. And uh, we're talking tonight to our guest, Mark Russell, all the way from Argentina, which, of course, experienced an economic collapse in the late 90s, early 2000, 2001, which culminated in some riots and real political turmoil in Argentina in, in 2001, which uh, was quite a major event there, I imagine. So, uh, so Mark, your take on, on what that was all about and what happened there. I'll just be very brief. Uh, well, basically nothing happened. I mean, if you look at what happened, what, what it used to be, what, what is going on now, nothing changed. It's, it was just the riots, lots of people losing their money, and the scenario I see right now here is exactly the same as at that time. It was like, ah, but of course I was 10 years younger and I wasn't really like aware and I wasn't into economics and I didn't know, <laughs> like you said, in the bubble. I was just like enjoying music, honestly, and studying, of course. But uh, uh, I, I, I really see like an economic collapse here in this country and I see an econo con economic collapse in the world. So it's, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's like more of the same. <laughs> but yes, I, I just, yes. I just want to, to finish, uh, this like uh, program with a with an idea that there is people who just say no i'm not going to accept this i'm not going to fall for it it's not i don't think it is socialism i don't think it is socialism i i don't agree with somebody telling me what i have to do i don't think it is capitalism in capitalism you you, you believe there is an open system we're in a closed system i don't think it's going to be dictatorship not just the opposite and i don't think it's going to be anarchy well what's left i don't know <laughs> so that's what I think is going to happen. I have no clue what is going to happen. I don't. I don't think anybody has a clue of what is going to happen. I just know it's, it's going to be something very, very good. And you know what? You, my dear uh, listener, are a part of it. You and you and you. Like you, I like, like what you said in your radio program 
about the consciousness when you talked about that. That's why I'm actually here because you talked about that. You and the you, you and the you, all of us. And I like that that idea very much. So there it goes back to well, you. I, absolutely. Well, thank you for that because honestly, that is the entire sum of what I'm trying to do here at Corporate Report, and everything that I'm geared towards is just trying to get the listeners out there motivated to take things into their own hands and to realize that they do have a say in what's going on. And certainly, um, I've never ever wanted to put out a message of hopelessness or helplessness because obviously, I mean, I, if I believed that for a second, I would just curl up into a fetal, fetal position on the ground and, and just uh, suck my thumb and, and go back to sleep. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing if I didn't think that we had a chance of really changing the system. And I'm the first one to say I have, I, I have no idea where this is all heading or how it's going to play out or, or the best way to set up the system and, and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, that's, that's for us to, to come together as a, as a community and, and start to hammer out those things. But I just want to start the conversation. So that's what I'm here doing. And um, I'm glad that you're, you're bringing this up because it is an important point to stress uh, again and again because it can be so overwhelming for people when they start to encounter this information. So, so I'm glad that, uh, that we can have this conversation and tell people that it is not a lost cause and that they do have an effect on the world around them. And on that note, uh, just in the final minute or two here, are there any websites or anything that you'd like to direct people to who are thinking about this topic? Uh, just keep your eyes open. And I just, just one last thing I would like to say. I, I think there's going to be a new movement, which is, I think, going to be called Occupy Your Heart. <laughs> hmm. so, Occupy Consciousness is what I, I think, absolutely. Maybe, too. Your heart is also important. I mean, don't forget... <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to. All right. Well, Mark Russell, okay. an absolutely fascinating conversation tonight. So, so thank you so much for coming on for this and for once again keeping us all um, aware and re remembering that it really is about our consciousness and the way that we approach the world and that we can make a difference individually and collectively. So thank you so much for your time tonight. That's a big secret, and thank you for the invitation. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thank you, Mark, and thank you to all the listeners out there. I couldn't do it without you and your support, so thank you once again, and I'm looking forward to talking to you all again tomorrow night.